Yeah, a lot of us do this stuff by default rather than intentional design. You know, we go, oh, and it's only until we stop, pause, and reflect. We go, yeah, I've done some cool stuff. But we live in such a forward-facing world, you know, worrying about the next thing, the next item, the next goal, whatever it is, the next bill I've got to pay. But when I ask people, give me three things, give me maybe five things at a stretch, things that you've done in your life as if they were in a bucket list all the way along, and people can't even think that they struggle, they tap out at three because we're so programmed to look forward and not in gratitude of what's what we've already done. And so when you build out this big reverse bucket list, people are like, wow, I've done some cool stuff. And, God, if I actually put some thought into this, some real intention behind this, everything's possible. Find your Ikigai at ikigaitribe.com. My guest today of the Ikigai podcast is Trav Bell, a thought leader known as the bucket list guy, the world's number one bucket list expert. Trav is a professional speaker, coach, and mentor, and founder and CEO of the Certified Bucket List Coach Global Network of Coaches. From families to Fortune 500 companies, Trav and his tribe run programs that educate, inspire, and encourage others to embrace their best life and stretch beyond the norm. Trav is also my coach, so it's a real joy to have you (laughs) on the show, Trav. Welcome. Nick, thanks so much, buddy. Stoked to be on. (laughs) Yeah, love our catch-ups, so it's good to see you. And I wanted to have you on the show for a number of reasons, to talk about creating meaningful goals or a meaningful life, uh, coaching and also public speaking. But before we dive into those subjects, let's touch on how you became known as the bucket list guy. And as the bucket list guy, what do you do? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm still trying to figure <laughs> it out. Um, <laughs> no, no, I uh, became the bucket list guy. Someone actually called me the bucket list guy about 12, I think it's now 13 years ago. You know, I'm an educator by a trade like you. I can't help it. You know, I love helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went, oh, God. And around that same time, a friend of mine actually in one of these seminars said, Trav, you're in a lot of these seminars. You're investing a lot of money. Why don't you teach this stuff? And I was like, I don't know, all the worlds came, you know, the planets aligned and and I went, <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm here. Okay, so I've worked out some of my stuff, but I really want to pay it forward. So I put on a talk and I was absolutely crapping myself, put on a talk about a month later and I learned NLP, learn all the life coaching stuff, all my, my entrepreneurial history. I've really only, only owned my own businesses. I've never had a corporate job in my life. So I put all that into a three-hour seminar. Halfway through the seminar, I only had about 40 people that came to that seminar. I nearly had to pay them to be there. And and, um, (laughs) this is, again, about 13 years ago. But halfway through the seminar, I asked the group, well, you know, sorry, I showed the group that I had since I was 18. I'm 50 now. So since I was 18, I'd had a list to do before I die, actually written down. I picked it up in a you know in a book somewhere. I just always had that that compass, that north star, that reason for getting out of bed in the morning, that reason to get off the fence and make decisions. It was always like my my 
my reason why it wasn't to be a millionaire. It wasn't to, it wasn't about the time or the money. Is what I would do with that time or money because time and money are just resources. You know, so we build businesses, we have careers, we have jobs, and if you do that well, if they're optimized, um, it should they should spit out time flow and cash flow to for allow you the owner of that job, career, business, to go and do their, the things that they really want to do in life because it's not about the time and the money. It's what you do with those resources. So I've always had this philosophy. And, sure, build something that you're really proud of, a legacy if you like. Um, and I started telling the group, you know, what some of the things that I've done in my life and, you know, some of the stuff that I've written down since I was 18. And uh, I asked the group, who else has got one of these lists actually written down, like out of their head, separated from their to-do list? And it was donuts, no one. So at the end of the seminar, Joe, one of the personal training clients at the time, said, oh, how's this list to do before you die stuff? It's like a bucket list. You're like the bucket list guy. I went, ping, light bulb moment. (laughs) I went home and registered the bucketlistguy.com and I've been reverse engineering it ever since. Well, there you go. Quite the explanation. A long answer. So I actually found you via a search on Google. Uh, I was looking for Melbourne TEDx talks. As I thought, for me personally, public speaking was the next step in my entrepreneurial journey. Mm. I'd, I'd done the book and I was ready to step up. Mm. And, yeah, I, I saw your TED talk I thought, this guy's interesting. So he's got a mohawk and he's <laughs> talking about having a bucket list. And yeah, I discovered, I then searched you for online and then, you know, discovered you have your own bucket list certification program. You'd also written a book. You were a professional speaker. Yeah. And I thought, after watching that TED talk and looking you up, I thought, this, this is the guy for me. This is the guy I need to reach out to and say, hey, I think you uh, can help me. Mm. And so that's what I did. And you've been helping me overcome some uh, limitations and uh, mindsets that uh, I needed working mm. on. And it's been a great process and I've made some lot, lots of progress. Mm. And I really do look forward to our, our yeah, weekly same calls and I've learned so, so much from you. So it's, it's been a real joy to work with someone who is, you know, inspiring and also – kind of related to the, the version of your future self. So mm. um, I find coaching both, you know, receiving it and offering it to others, you know, very life-affirming. It can be very life-changing. Mm. Mm. But I think uh, speaking and coaching are sources for a key guy for you. They give you a sense of purpose. They've obviously helped you grow. Uh, you've said to me you, you feel you're in your element when you're on stage and speaking. Flow state. One of the things is when you're speaking from your heart and you're speaking from stage in front of a lot of people, you, you're self-actualizing too. Is that why you find it's yeah? That, that, for me, that that's why I did it. Yeah, that's why I did it, man. Like it, it's it's purely um, look. There's a number of different ways, a number of different ways that an expert, a thought leader, a specialist in a certain area can get their message out there in the world. Um. There's six kind of ways. Uh, there's there's speaking, there's authoring, there's mentoring, there's coaching, there's training and also facilitation. Mm. 
But in my experience, and these are three, you know, six different income level, you know, six, six different income streams. And a lot of people say, yeah, like you and, and me, I just want to write the book. Yeah, cool. Um, and that's a big bucket list tick for a lot of people. Um, is it going to help you retire, you know, retire your old job and go into, you know, full time? Are you going to be Stephen <laughs> King? Well, it's going to take, it's going to take a fair bit, fair few books to uh, get up to that level. The three, the three that really come together are the speaking, coaching and authoring. Now you'll have a preference for one of those. For me, coming out of the blocks, I'd been around a lot of speakers and since I've scratched that itch with that first you know, public speaking gig. And I've done some, you know, speaking during um my, you know, my health, my health days, my PT days. But speaking about something different was like full on scary. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I I'd seen some speakers, and there's one speaker by the name of Alan Weiss, who's a brash New York Jew. I see I saw him speak. Down here in Melbourne, he's one of the top you know, keynote speakers in the world. He had no tech, no whiteboard action, no nothing. He had us laughing and crying all in the same minute over and over again. He was an amazing storyteller. Okay. And for me, who grew up shy, you know, in, except if I got some alcohol in me, I, I grew up uh, not shy in sport or anything like that, but certainly in school and public speaking, I shit myself. Mm-hmm. So for me, doing speaking was actually my biggest fear. Wow! But I thought, well, if I could, I saw him, and I went, no, if I could do that, I could do anything. Yeah, yeah. Because that was my number one fear. I know it is for a lot of other people, and for me, that was the that was the first domino that gave me the you know um, the push to bust through that initial inertia, conquer the fear and obviously the momentum and motivation that follows um, is a crazy ripple effect. And that gave me all the confidence in the world to do more and more. So start off with, you know, some of the stuff that we've done together, start off with your small gigs and get those runs on the board and that just leads you to more and more confidence, bigger and bigger crowds. Uh, The peak of that was actually doing that TED Talk. You know, that was was in front of 2,000 people. Here in Melbourne, uh, the biggest TED TED stage, I believe, in Australia. But that was a big thing on my bucket list. Yeah. But I wanted to, why be a speaker? Sure, there's a little bit of ego, but but mostly you can collapse timeframes in terms of how many people you can help because, co- you know, speaking is basically coaching one to many in a short amount of time. And it's, and it's an extremely leveraged business model as well, you know, like a – you know, I've I've spoken on six of the seven continents around the world, and it's pretty cool to be you know to to show up. The room's full. You didn't have to fill it. You get your speaker fee, and as a result, you're there for an hour. You probably get paid what most people get paid in a month. Yeah, mm. and you leave. And then I, you know, for me, you now I've heard this. Speaking, public speaking, keynote speaking is the hardest way to make easy money. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so it's taken, yeah, it's a 10-year build-up kind of thing. It's, you don't get that coming out of the blocks. But it is a great, you know, it's a great way to see the world. It's a great way to influence a, a, a wide range of people in a small amount of time, you know, rather than going one-on-one, right? But, you know, you're only there for an hour, maybe at two, maybe you run your own retreats or whatever, 
it's it's pretty arrogant to think that you can change people's lives after an hour's talk. That's pretty presumptuous. That's all ego. But that's where the coaching thing comes in. It's like, you know, there'll be a portion of that audience that whatever you've disrupted them with, whatever your thought leadership is, it's really resonated with them. They go, you know, Nick's the, Nick's the guy for me or Travis the guy for me. I, I want him as a coach. I want his attention. I'm willing to pay for it. And hence, well, you've got to have coaching programs or group coaching programs. The book that comes in and, and seals the deal as well, That that is an expensive business card. It is a bit of a promo tool. Um, but it's a great add-on to both programs, you know. So those three go hand in glove, I reckon. So do I, and I guess I'm going through this stage of growth and I I, f- I forgot to share this with you, but I, I was on LinkedIn the other day and I saw another keynote of someone presenting Ikigai again, the, the Venn diagram, but this time it was to several thousand people. And I thought, oh no, another person misappropriating the concept. And you know, as aspiring as that Venn diagram is, it's, it's factually wrong. I don't and know what you're talking <laughs> about, Nick. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we we have this joke: at, at <laughs> Venn diagram therapy sessions. Yes, that's sometimes what it is between <laughs> us. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just thought, wow, that here is someone speaking on uh, mental health, and they're. They're presenting uh, factually incorrect information. And so it is an ambition of mine or a bucket list of mine to to have that first paid speaking gig uh, with a, a large yeah. audience. So with that in mind, let's move on to your bucket list philosophy or your um, how you mm. how you've put together your your bucket list. And I think it's relevant because at this time of the year, many people start thinking about New Year's resolutions or or goals for the new year. Mm. And I think after the initial excitement of setting the goal, many people then struggle to stay on course. So I think you offer mm. a far more effective philosophy and strategy with a bucket list approach. So do you want to talk about mm. specifically uh, what it is? So our job our job is to distill all of the stuff that's come before us and all, you know, distill all the stuff that we've been exposed to and pay it forward somehow, not rip it off, not 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 plagiarize or anything like that, but you know, put our own flavor, our own spin on it, and then pay that forward in a in a really you know tangible way. We've got to make the intangible ideas mm-hmm. tangible. How do we do that? Well, we create our own processes, rules, blueprints, etc diagrams that becomes the filter, the lens that we can teach that intangible through and it becomes tangible that way and so i created the book which is the the my bucket list blueprint you've created your ikigai process and i did the ted talk on the my bucket list blueprint and really it's it's a simple acronym and there it is on the back of the book it's a simple acronym if you're watching this and if you're listening to this it's a simple my bucket list blueprint. Yeah, my bucket list is the acronym. Now, prior to me becoming the bucket list guy, being named as the bucket list guy, registering that domain, um, there'd be a movie, you know, a movie, the bucket list. Uh, everyone was talking about bucket lists already. I wasn't the pioneer of the concept. You know, it's an old term, even though an urban term. And so, my way, but a lot look a lot of it 
even the movie to a certain extent was all about travel. Now I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, I love the narrative. I love talking about it. And to be honest, my 18-year-old uh, life list wasn't called a bucket list. It was just a to-do before you die. It provided me a, a bunch of reasons, not just travel, a bunch of reasons for getting out of the bed in the morning. Yeah. I wanted to create something that wasn't all about travel. The T at the end stands for travel adventures. Mm. But now we know we've got 11 other categories. I designed the eleven, the, the whole 12 categories to allow people to go north, south, east and west in their own brain to help them extract and articulate a personally meaningful and holistic bucket list and stuff that didn't cost a lot of money. See, travel costs a lot of money, a lot of time. So people wait till some day, the perfect time, or to get you know to get those resources banked up so they can go and do. It. But sometimes that day never comes, and we live in a delayed gratification society. I'll be happy when syndrome. Hmm. So what I'm going to do all my travel when I retire, in my two to four weeks break I've got every year from my job. I mean that's. I just went. Oh, that's cool. But something's broken. Yeah. Because if you look at mental health. The perfect storm that is mental health, of which we've both been exposed to a lot. When you look at anxiety going through the roof, depression going through the roof, the overprescription of antidepressants going through the roof, suicides, youth suicides. And then we've got this thing called the loneliness epidemic. It's a real thing. Google it, the loneliness epidemic. And you go through the pandemic on top of that, and you've got a, a complete mental health perfect storm. Mm. So something's broken, even though we've got all this information out there. So basically what I teach is positive psychology. Positive psychology is identifying a person's strengths, what gives them meaning, purpose, fulfillment, gratitude, and getting them to basically bleed more of that into their work and into their life. And they'll have a you know, happier life, mm. more fulfilled life. All I've done is put this bucket list brand over the top of it. So they go through this blueprint and they identify, sure, all the travel things that they want to do, but also all the little things that they want to do that they can do right now that doesn't cost any time and money. And you cross off or tick off a lot of that low-hanging fruit, and that gives them a sense of motivation and momentum to smash through the bigger ones. It helps people get moving. You could call it short-term goals, medium-term goals, and, and long-term goals, of course. But Bucket List has been a real user-friendly way to get people to pay attention rather than just goal setting, traditional goal setting. I say a Bucket List is a tangible life plan where your career plan or your business plan should fit into your life plan and not be the, the other way around. Mm. It really brings home that work-to-live principle. And it's not just about ticking a whole bunch of cool stuff off. It's really about how a person reverse engineers every aspect of their life in order to make this stuff come to fruition. So it's a growth of them on this journey towards these self-imposed destinations. But more importantly, it's about the person that exists on the other side. And that's the person that we, they don't know yet. That's a bigger version of us. People are dying at 40, Nick, and being buried at 80. Mm, yeah, that's very real. And... This is a really cool blueprint because there are things like uh, for, for C, you know, conquer a fear or E, express yourself, um, you know, T, take lessons. And then, yeah, I thought, yeah. wow, this is going to be fun. I was sort of rubbing my hands thinking, 
well, I want to take lessons from the bucket list guy. So that sort of immediately became, I want to be coached by <laughs> this guy. So I sort of put that mm. down on my list and sure enough, I'm, you know, we, we, I managed to make it happen. We connected. So having a list of meaningful things to do where they're, as you say, it's just not travel and it's not materialistic and it's not superficial. It's, it's meaningful. It's tied to your values. It pushes you to grow. It is um, life changing. And there is actually a lot of overlap with Ikigai as well. So, 100%, yeah. yeah, that's why uh, I think we, we get on so well. We, we have a good time, but we also share a lot mm. on our cause. It's amazing that we don't have more conversations on, on these themes of what makes life worth living or what, what helps us to grow or what's worth, you know, fighting, fighting for. What's a challenge worth fighting for rather than accepting, okay, I'll just accept that. I'll, I'll do the nine to five. I'll have the weekends, yeah. I'll have the occasional holiday, and then eventually I'll be free from all that. And hopefully I won't be in, you know, shitty, terrible health, but hmm. it's most likely that you will be, yeah. Well, someday that never comes, you know. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've all got examples of people who have exited their company, sold their businesses, you know, retired and had five, if they're lucky, five good years and then there's a lot of people living, you know, hoping, praying, wishing for that day to come sooner. But then they stop growing. They stop challenging themselves. And easy for me to say, uh, the ripe old age of 50, but we're designed to seek new challenges, designed to grow, designed to keep ourselves stimulated. I've got all sorts of different people that have taken this, you know, that I've spoken in front of, especially around the world, of all sorts of ages and income levels. And it's not about comparing mine against yours. It's not a pissing contest or anything like that. It's simply things that get you out of your comfort zone. And also there's, you know, two main bucket lists. You know, there's a future bucket list and also a reverse bucket list. So a reverse bucket list is everything you've done in your life as if it were on a bucket list all the way along. So it's a big gratitude activity, that one. So you cross off something on your future bucket list, you do it, and then it goes onto your reverse bucket list. Building up those two lists until you die is what it's all about. You just got to find a good vehicle that you can tolerate that spits out the time flow and the cash flow to allow you to do it. And thanks for coming. Um, but you and I share the same value, and that is to have people live a bucketless life, live the icky guy, you know, live a happier, more fulfilled, more meaningful life. That's that's our deep desire. That's what we're doing, and that's what we wish for everyone else. You just reminded me how we connected was I sent you my reverse bucket list and I've just put it up here and, and I don't want to reveal them all, but for M, so the first letter in the acronym was uh, meet a personal hero. And I actually wrote, I reconnected with my father after 10 years of having no contact with him. So, um, so I saw him as a hero um, mm. when I was a child. You, you reflect on these challenges or ideas you bring forth to have this meaningful life. And that was, that was really interesting, reflecting on your life and realising, oh, some of these things I've done would go on a bucket list. Um, I, I started my own school in Japan or I lived in Japan. You know, I, I wrote a book. Mm. I organised a living funeral for my mother and had all her friends and had a, a, a string quartet come and play. Living funeral, so she was alive. Yeah, yeah. So instead of... What? Having all her friends arrive after, have her arrive for a party so they could say goodbye. Um, wow. So 
Yeah. I just realized that was probably one of the most kindest acts I could offer my mother in, you know, while she was dying of cancer. Yeah, very nice. It's good to recognize what you've done and it inspires you to then create this future bucket list. Hey there, Nick Kemp here, and I wanted to touch base and let you know about my new course, the Fine Juru Ikigai course. Developed in consultation with Japan's leading Ikigai researchers, the Fine Juru Ikigai course is the only culturally accurate and evidence-based practical guide to the Ikigai concept. If you are interested in learning more about the Fine Juru Ikigai course, please visit ikigaitribe.com. Now back to the episode. Yeah, a lot of us do this stuff by default rather than intentional design. Yeah, yeah. You know, we go, oh, and it's only until we stop, pause, and reflect. We go, yeah, I've done some cool stuff. But we live in such a forward-facing world, you know, worrying about the next thing, the next item, the next goal, whatever it is, the next bill I've got to pay. But when I ask people, give me three things, give me maybe five things at a stretch, things that you've done in your life as if they were in a bucket list all the way along. And people can't even think that they struggle, at, they tap out at three. And because we're so programmed to look forward and not in gratitude of what's what we've already done. And so when you build out this big reverse bucket list, people are like, wow, I've done some cool stuff. And God, if I actually put some thought into this, some real intention behind this, Everything's possible. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually amazing. You realize I, I've done things. <laughs> I don't even know how I, I, you know, I ended up in a web design final <laughs> in France, all expenses paid, <laughs> and I wasn't even a coder. So <laughs> wow. <laughs> so how's that? Twice. And that happened twice. Um, so wow. So, I'm surprised I wasn't invited to that Nerdfest. <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> Nerdfest 2000. <laughs> so it actually happened in, um, when did it happen? 2008 and then 2010. And yeah, yeah. so you, you have all these opportunities in life and if you, yeah, if you take them on. Yeah, I want to add just quickly something to that, Nick, too. People are, you know, watching and listening to this right now. You might think, all right, you might think, oh, yeah, I've got a bucket list, but it's actually in your head. What you've got to do is actually write it down, you know, Mm. separate it from your daily to-do list from your bucket list because your daily to-do list is the one that gets done first priority, right? That's the one we're all worried about. So I want you to separate the two and actually write it down. Put pen to paper, it's a conscious process. So what happens when you put pen to paper writing goals down let alone bucket list items, what you're basically doing is typing them into Google. Google is your reticular activating system. What that does is sort and and distill the search engine to give you the answers for those search terms. Now, if you put Everest Base Camp and you write that down as part of your bucket list, if even if you want to do that, I can be guaranteed that the universe the search engine of the world, your reticular activating system, mm. will sort, generalise, distill, 
you'll start noticing different conversations. You'll start following different people online. You'll be starting to search more yourself, obviously. You'll start paying attention. And before you know it, the universe will provide the how. A lot of people don't write goals down in the first place because of fear of failure, fear of disappointment. Now, if I write this down, I don't do it. I don't want to disappoint myself and make a promise that I can't keep. So I'm not even going to write it down. Sure. Huh. Yeah. So my advice around that, and a lot of people don't write like they've literally said to me, I don't write goals down because of because of that. Wow. Um, so someone in their ecosystem has imprinted into them why they can or cannot do something. You know, their own mm. psychology is getting the better of them. But Hear me when I say this. When you're writing goals down, it's so important to only worry about the what and the why, not about the how. What and the why. Okay. What and the why. What is it? Why you want to do it? What's your personal reason for wanting to do it? And not worrying about the how. The how overcomplicates. It just complicates the goal. So if I want to climb Mount Everest, for instance, using that analogy, if I start thinking about the how, I'm going to be thinking about every little step, every little, you know, rope pull or, you know, where the crampons are going to get, every little micro step in that process, <laughs> and it's just going to overcomplicate it. I'm just going to go nut too hard. I'm not even going to write it down. Or write running a marathon. You want to write, you want to, you know, want to run a marathon or write a book. Yeah. You know, these are big, big tasks. But if you actually think about every little process in the writing Every little bit of the how in the writing of the book, it'll overwhelm you and you won't even write it down in the first place. So just write what the item is, why you personally want to do it, because you'll have a personal reason for doing it. And I always say, give it a rating out of 10. 10 is like super inspired, super motivated. This will be a big regret if I don't do this. One to five, you couldn't really care. You know, take it or leave it, whatever. So the key is to identify your sevens, eights, nines, and tens in terms of inspiration level because you'll have a big personal why for that. Yes. Yeah. And then just let it go. Write it down and just let it go. Okay. And see what the universe provides. Before you know it, <clears throat> and, and by the way, you've got to tell enough people too because those those people could be the resources for you to collapse the time frame between where you are and where you want to be. All right. Well, with all that, now, said, what's on your bucket list at the moment? A <laughs> couple of things. Going to Japan and really sinking my teeth into it, you know, so I don't want to do a fly in, fly out. So I don't know who I know that has <laughs> been over there. I've got to maybe, I don't know, maybe go through Facebook or something like that to find out. Um, so Japan and in particular, I want to see a live sumo match too. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that's a big one on my bucket list. The big one that I'm working towards, I've just turned 50 this year. I've given up alcohol and uh, it is currently 2000, December 2023. So next year, I've always, I, I shake my head whenever I say this out loud, but I'm actually going to compete in an over 50s physique competition. Not because I want to get in the, um, you know, the gold, you know, sequence G-string or anything like that and get really, <laughs> you know, oiled and tanned up. I, 
Um, that's an added bonus. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> that's no. I want to. Uh, I want to just see if I if I can do it, and that's kind of like an umbrella goal for me: giving up alcohol, reducing my cholesterol, reducing sugars. Um, you know, becoming leaner, of course, and uh, just general vitality, good sleep, and these these are all like mini goals that sort of fall under that. Um, I've done the polar opposite of it, being I've done an an Ironman triathlon, a full Ironman triathlon, and I trained for about a year to do that. So I'm doing the same for this. Wow. This is completely the opposite. Um, there's a bunch of you know a bunch <laughs> of surf spots I want to you know surf around the world. Um, I've got my four-channel DJ mixer. I'm learning DJing. I've been doing that since I launched the book. I bought myself as a reward a DJ mixer. So um, I want to play a live set and have it be good and not stuff it up. I'm really nervous about. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like that. Oh, and another one is swim with the whale sharks. I want to take the family to do swim with the whale sharks over in. Western Australia this year. Nice. Um, there's a bunch of other ones, but that'll do for the minute. There you go. The bucket list from the bucket list guy. It might be really beneficial for our audience to set a bucket list or just have a bucket list throughout their life rather than doing the same old resolutions that they'll never really work towards achieving. And people can find you at, obviously, thebucketlistguy.com. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Bucketlistguy.com, it should be all there. You can grab a signed book from there as well or grab, a, grab it on, on Amazon. And, you know, what? I'll put a challenge out to all the listeners and watchers there too. If you go through it, you can go onto the TED Talk as well called Life's Too Short by Trev Bell. Yes, I do have a mohawk. That was my FU40 haircut <laughs> when I turned 40. Um, now I've got this weird sort of man bun thing. Go through the blueprint, guys. And I challenge you to write it down and actually send it to me or Nick. You know, my email is trav at thebucketlistguy.com and I want to make you accountable. It gets more real if you share it. So don't worry, we're not going to make it public or anything like that, but we just want to make you accountable to it. All right? So I challenge you all to do that. All right, guys. So you heard it. Take up the challenge and email your bucket list to to trav and go check out that uh, ted talk to search for life's too short life's too short awesome trav thanks for your time mate and i'll I'll touch base with you at our next coaching session (laughs) cheers mate see you mate this episode was brought to you by the find your ikigai course developed in consultation with japan's leading ikigai researchers The Find Your Ikigai course is the only culturally accurate and evidence-based practical guide to the Ikigai concept. To learn more about the Find Your Ikigai course, please visit ikigaitribe.com.